0: Hello, Malcolm here, and welcome to this first class of two on the witnesses to the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's Easter 2023, and these two classes are designed for Thames Valley Churches of Christ to be used for personal devotions, but also for perhaps discussion in family groups or something similar. And I do hope you find some inspiration from examining these witnesses to these events and hopefully finding some inspiration for ourselves as to how we can be witnesses talking about the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, this week we'll talk about the burial and the crucifixion, and next week we'll talk about the resurrection. Now, first of all, let's get some facts under our belts, shall we? Who was at the cross? Who was actually there? The Gospels tell us that some of the people present were, well, lots of women, for starters. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Joseph... The mother of the sons of Zebedee, Salome, uh, a phrase, many other Galilean women. The sister of the mother of Jesus, Mary, the wife of Clopas, they're all there. I've put them, you know, looked at all the Gospels and put that all together. What about the men? Well, we do have this reference in John chapter 19. In verse 26, Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby. He said to her, woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Many writers speculate that that is uh, John, the gospel writer. It's possible, but we don't have a name. In fact, we don't have any names of any men actually there at the cross, which is interesting in itself, and a conversation we'll have to have another time as to perhaps why that might be the case. But we have a lot of brave, loyal, loving women right there at the cross. Of course, we also do have... Um, a pagan there at the cross in Mark 15. It is referenced there and elsewhere that we have a centurion present. In Mark 15, verse 39, it says, when the centurion who stood there in front of Jesus saw how he died, he said, surely this man was the son of God. The full significance of what he's saying there, I, he probably doesn't understand it all, but nonetheless, there's a big impact on that man and we'll come back to him a bit later, but he was there at the cross. What about the burial? Now, in the burial, we have again a lot of women either named or, or or referenced in some way. Again, at the burial, we have Mary Magdalene, we have the uh, the other Mary, as she's called in one or possibly two of the Gospels. We have Mary, the mother of Joseph, referenced, or so perhaps that she she is the other Mary. And we have in Luke 25 and verse 55, 23 and verse 55, it says the women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph. That's Joseph of Arimathea and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. They're being portrayed there as disciples, aren't they? They'd come with, they had followed him, and now they're following Joseph, a disciple of Jesus, to the tomb and see where the body is laid and how the body is laid in it. Men at the burial, Joseph of Arimathea, we just mentioned, the rich man who uses his own tomb to put Jesus in. And Nicodemus is accompanying him as well. You could look up those references in the Bible. Just do a quick uh, search for, uh, on Bible software or online. Now, what did these people experience at the crucifixion and at the burial? Let's focus on Mary, the mother of Jesus, in particular here. Let's think about her experience, which is extraordinary. Mary, the mother of Jesus, as somebody said, Here's a woman who saw the eyes of Jesus open for the very first time and now sees them close for the very last time. She held him in her arms as a baby and saw his eyes open. And then on the cross, she's there as he closes his eyes for the last time and says, it is finished. What must that have been like for her? A good question for discussion in our groups is what would it have been like for Mary, the mother of Jesus, to experience the death of her own son on the cross? We understand, as Christians, generally speaking, the significance of the cross and why it happened. But what was it like for the people who were actually there? Now, it's speculative, of course. We understand that. We're not trying to say we, we can be sure. But nonetheless, it helps us to get inside the story, inside the incidents and what's going on when we uh, do a little bit of humble speculation as to what it would have been like for her. I and mean, as his mother, she was used to helping him when he was young, uh, when he got into trouble, when he uh, got uh, into some kind of pain, he, he, he hurt himself. She was there ready to soothe him, to help him when he was in trouble. Now she is present, but she is unable to do that. She was his helper and now she's helpless. And she stands as an example of remaining with people in their pain, even though we can do nothing to alleviate it. And when we're with people who are in pain, we don't have to have the answer. Certainly Mary had no answer to what she was seeing there with Jesus. We don't have to say anything. We don't know that she did say anything in this situation. Nothing is recorded. But when we're with people in pain, we do well to not leave them. We do well to stay with them in their pain. And the last thing that Mary was able to do for her son was to accompany him in his place of the most extreme pain he, uh, and distress he ever experienced, And to be there with him, isn't that a sign of extraordinary love? And there's something in there for us, I think. So what was it like for Mary, the mother of Jesus? Secondly, what was it like for Mary Magdalene? We don't know a lot about her, but we do know some significant things about Mary Magdalene. And she's referenced so many times, it can't be insignificant that she is mentioned by name so much. Now, her original story is quite troubled, isn't it? We go to Luke chapter 8, and we look at what happened. Uh, well, it's mentioned as to her background in Luke 8, along with some of the other women that are references following Jesus. In Luke 8, verse 1, Jesus traveled around town and village to one another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Also, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna and many others, they were helping support him out of their own means. Mary Magdalene was there helping, helping Jesus, following Jesus, like any other disciple, and she had had seven demons come out of her. Jesus, it looks, it seems here, has helped her to be healed from some kind of demonic possession. I don't pretend to understand all of that, but what I can say is, surely Mary Magdalene was deeply troubled, encountered Jesus, was healed, and then in gratitude and out of inspiration, followed him and helped him, supporting him in his ministry. What a wonderful disciple. You know, Jesus was there to help her through her pain. Now she's at the cross to help him through his. Not able to change the amount of pain he's suffering, but like the mother, like Jesus's uh, mother, Mary, there at least sharing these his experiences with him out of loyalty and love. What do you think it was like? for Mary Magdalene to experience this at the cross with Jesus. So what does this tell us, these examples tell us about faith um, and love for Christ? A couple of things to point out, and I got some points some questions and then let me know what you think. So firstly, go back to Mary, the mother of Jesus and Mary Magdalene, the, the two Marys. What do we see here? I think, think we see discipleship in action, don't we? We see discipleship in action as manifested in loyalty. They're loyal to Jesus right to the end. They are faithful to him right to the end. They love him despite danger because the women were putting themselves in danger here at the cross. Perhaps the men would have been in more danger than the women. But nonetheless, they were in danger of potential crucifixion. It's it's possible or arrest at the very least. But they, they love him and express that love for him by being present with him despite danger and fear. These women held on even though they were confused. What was going on? Why was he being crucified? What what was this all about? We thought he was the king. We thought he was Messiah. We thought he was bringing in the kingdom. A lot of confusion, but they held on as close as they could get to him. They couldn't couldn't get to the cross, you know, like to touch him, but they got as close as they could. There's something there about discipleship in action as a model to us. And then with the centurion at the cross who declared him to be son of God, it it tells us that the death of Jesus has an impact on non-believers as it did on us and we must must remember that he has an impact Jesus on the cross has an impact that teaching of the cross that example of the cross has an impact on people who don't really know much about him and then joseph of arimathea interesting character which we have more time for him but what we see about him putting jesus taking a risk by collecting the body getting the body's uh, the, the permission from pilate and collecting the body and putting it in his own tomb we see him sacrificing out of love i think he's a disciple of jesus His actions served no apparent purpose. Uh, The mission of Jesus didn't seem to fit with this, putting him into a tomb. Um, But nonetheless, he does this because he wants to take care of the body of Jesus. He shows love, sacrificial love. Little Little did Joseph know how significant his act of love towards Jesus would be. We know the end of the story, but he didn't. Still, he made a sacrifice of love. So what does this mean for us today? Let me offer you four thoughts and then discuss it and see what you come up with. At least four things I think it means for you and me today. As we think about these witnesses of the crucifixion and the burial and the the tremendously inspiring example, what does it mean for you and me? Number one, it means we must trust that sticking around with Jesus when it's painful will bear fruit when we stick around with jesus when it's painful for him when it's painful for us when there's all kinds of mess and confusion it's okay stick around it will be worth it the end of the story wasn't clear at the cross it wasn't clear at the tomb but these loyal disciples stuck around and they now can look back on their experiences of seeing jesus on the cross and being there at the tomb and say wow now i understand what was going on i'm really glad i was there at that time (laughs) i just wonder whether peter and the other apostles really wish they'd been there at the cross and really wish they'd seen everything because well, it would have deepened their understanding of Jesus, wouldn't it? And their relationship with him. So trust that sticking around with Jesus when it's painful will bear fruit. Number two, anything you do for Jesus in love can be used by him. Because we now get inspiration from the loving loyalty of the women and Joseph of Arimathea and even Nicodemus. We get inspiration from that now. And and they did it out of love. And anything we do for Jesus in love can be used by him. Even the tomb, offered out of love by Joseph of Arimathea, he didn't know where that was going, but that act of love is something we still celebrate today. What a kind thing he did. Thirdly, bring the cross to people and it will have an impact. The centurion saw something extraordinary. He declared something amazing and it's recorded in scripture for all of posterity. Bring the cross to people. It's important we bring our love to people, our Christ-like love, and Jesus in general to people. It's important we talk about the resurrection and the empty tomb and the new life, but we also need to bring the cross to people. Not be afraid that it's gruesomeness and it's horror and it's confusing, Mm -hmm. Um, it's confusion to many modern people that 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 will put people off, and it might put some people off because they're not ready to hear it, but bring the cross, teach the cross to people. Part of our lessons, part of our classes, part of our sermons, but also personally talking to people about the cross. And fourthly and finally, uh, one of the purposes of of what we see recorded here, I think, is that you don't have to be a super disciple to benefit from witnessing the cross, from being around Jesus. Uh, The women, some of them aren't even named, they're just women from Galilee. Most of the women named weren't famous in the Gospels. You could say they're kind of there, but they're not famous as such. Joseph of Arimathea wasn't in the core circle, was he? He was a disciple, but he wasn't one of the apostles. Nicodemus is kind of there in the shadows in the background. You don't have to be a super disciple to benefit from witnessing the cross. You know one of the things that's really important as a Christian is to go back to the cross again and again. You don't have to be the kind of person that's uh, that knows everything and all the theology. You just need to go back to the cross every now and again, reread the passages, uh, meditate on them, pray over them, and you'll find some benefit from being there at the cross. What are your thoughts about those four points, or other things you take from this class? And perhaps the overall point here is not is not to lose sight of the cross. The people who witnessed the cross never the cross never forgot it, did they? No matter the inconvenience, the pain, the danger, or fear, you and I must keep our eyes on the cross. The cross isn't the end of the story. We'll talk more about that next time. But it does help to make sense of the next part of the story. The women and the few men that were around understood, I think, what the writer to the Hebrews was talking about when he wrote this in Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3. Since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that it hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Consider him on the cross. Be a witness to the cross. Spend time meditating on the cross and then talk about the cross with one another in church and with our friends who aren't so far people who yet know Jesus. So, what stood out to you today from our exploration of the significance to the witnesses to the crucifixion and the burial of Jesus? I'd really like to know what you think. The next class comes out in two weeks' time. It'll focus on the witnesses to the resurrection. If you have any questions about those witnesses uh, or the events of the resurrection or anything else you want to uh, pass my way, please email me, malcolm at malcolmcox.org, and I hope you'll find that. Uh, helpful. I look forward to hearing from you. Extraordinary, extraordinary events and extraordinary people there at the cross and the burial. Let's learn from them. They have much to teach us about being a faithful witness to the cross. Till the next time, take care. God bless.